0: I am Loki of Asgard, and I am burdened with glorious purpose. Loki, brother of Thor.
1: We have no quarrel with your people.
0: An ant has no
1: quarrel with a boot. All right, folks, welcome to Man Cave Movie Review, the podcast that reviews the good, the bad, and the ugly of movies for men. This is Episode 73, and today we're talking about The Avengers. This great and fantastic film, so I am told, stars Robert Downey Jr., Samuel L. Jackson, Chris Helmsworth, Jeremy Renner, and Scarlett Johansson. I am your host, Steve Michaels, and joining me is my good and dear friend, Mark, drop the hammer, Slover.
0: Gentlemen, if I were casting this podcast crew as The Avengers, Steve would be Thor. Strong, brooding, hulking but he'd need a hairpiece for the flowing locks. I'd be Nick Fury because there is a bald, one-eyed, black secret agent in me desperately trying to get out. (laughs) Ken would be Loki because, well, Loki's the god of lawyers, a trickster, a manipulator. (laughs) Jeff, well, Jeff is Natasha Romanoff because, dear listeners, it's a little-known fact that Jeff likes to wear skin-tight bodysuits and a red red wig around his house.
2: (laughs) And that's because I have a...
0: Great
1: ass! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. That's awesome. All right. And also joining us is our other very good and dear friend, Jeff. You won't like me when I'm angry. Muncie. I recognize this podcast council has made
2: a decision. But given that it's a stupid-ass decision, I have elected to ignore it.
1: (laughs) Nice. Very well done. And last, and certainly not least, is our other good and dear friend, Ken, What is this motherfucking green dude doing on my motherfucking flying (laughs) aircraft carrier, Roni? I've been waiting my whole
3: adult life, sitting around going, like, where's my flying car? I was (laughs) promised a flying car. Now I know from this movie that evidently all the whizzes that could have been inventing nice little flying cars have been putting their efforts into making humongous flying aircraft carriers that are very, very susceptible to damage. I just want my flying car.
1: That was the point in this movie where I sat there and went, seriously, a flying aircraft carrier. Somebody help me out. What's the point of that? Okay, so we're turning it into a superstar destroyer that's really easy to take out. All you got to do is land a couple of guys on there and take out one
0: of the turbines. But I doubt. That would
1: never happen, Steve. Of course not, except in this movie.
0: You do know there are superheroes in this movie, too. Oh good lord! Um, the raccoon talks. <laughs> <laughs> that's obscure. Thank you, Ken. <laughs> oh my! God. How,
1: do, how do you even know that reference, Ken? That that's <laughs> why because he watches the Notebook with his girly friends.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what? That's in a Notebook? No, is it? No, I was in an interview with. Uh...
0: Mel Gibson.
3: Mel Gibson. Oh, boy. They're giving him all sorts of grief about Pocahontas, the movie he did the voiceover for. And he said, dudes, dudes, the raccoon talks. (laughs) Oh, my. And I think that speaks for a lot of movies. There's some movies you just got to accept, hey, it is what it is. And from what I understand, I mean, even though I'm making fun of the flying aircraft carrier, evidently I never read comic books when I was a kid. I don't read graphic novels as an adult. But there's evidently a long history in the Marvel universe of flying aircraft carriers, so it's like we got to have one.
1: Well, that's just kind of my whole thing. Is I am I've mentioned throughout the shows prior to that, I never really read all the uh, Marvel or DC uh, comics back uh, when I was a kid, or the superheroes. Never read the Spider Man or any of this stuff. So literally, all this stuff is foreign to me. Uh, believe it or not, I, I don't know any of the you know the backstory or any of it. So. I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, you know, the superhero movies. I've watched some of them. I watched like some of the like the original Batman's. I should the original like the one that they had with uh, oh god, what's his name? Michael Keaton. I think was the first one when Jack Nicholson was the Joker. I saw that one. Seen a couple of the others. Uh, just pretty much muddled through them. I think I saw one Spider-Man movie. Outside of that, that's pretty much it. It's just not one of those draws for me. So when uh when the when the crew here suggested it, I thought, well hell, they they suffered through uh my favorite zombie movie with me. So, hey, you know what? I can watch the Avengers. I I'll I'll tough it out. And uh four cups of uh double espressos later, I made it through the movie. Honestly, guys, I actually did kind of enjoy this one. I have to admit on a um, you know, just purely visual level, I thought it was pretty good. Basic plot of this is uh Nick Fury of Shield assembles a team of superhumans to save the planet from Loki, which we find out is Thor's brother. Save the planet from Loki and his army. Actually, I was really surprised. That, uh, Josh Whedon directed this, and we all know Josh Whedon from uh, Firefly. I mean, I, overall, I mean, I thought it was it was enjoyable to watch. I mean, decent movie. Uh, thought the acting was really good. Uh, actually, saw a few people in there uh, that I've never really seen before in in certain roles chris helmsworth i think this might or i'm sorry chris hemsworth i always say Hemsworth for some reason but chris hemsworth played thor and uh i like that guy he's pretty cool big son of a bitch too isn't he this guys got some guns on him uh then you got uh you got chris Evans. he was uh, steve rogers he was uh, captain america never seen him in anything that i can ever remember but uh you know Cast of thousands in this thing, yeah. Sherlock Holmes. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Robert Downey. He played Tony Stark. You know, again, big cast. Really enjoyed it. I mean, those are my initial thoughts. I, I I thought it was a you know a decent movie. I'm not sure I'd ever run out and go ever watch it again. But I mean, I would say that I was I was entertained through it. So uh, pleasantly surprised. I thought it was really going to be kind of a downer, but I mean, I've got some issues with the movie that we'll talk about later, but um, Jeff, initial thoughts?
2: I think we all at some point, I'm going to speak ahead here for uh, the guys that haven't, I think we're all going to give a full disclaimer here that none of us are, are comic book fans. We've, we've never collected or nor read when we were kids, nor now. And, and you know, same thing with you, Steve. I it just wasn't something I was ever drawn to. Um, so I think the review tonight from us, or at least from me, will definitely be just um, focused on the movie itself. But from what I do know, because I consider myself, uh, you know, a, a, a learned, cultured person, um, you know, they, they took obviously a lot from the from the comic books, and there are little nuggets interspersed throughout that. True comic book fans would really notice. To us, it would just be something that was just in the movie. Uh, for example, um, the flying Hela carrier was um, the number on the side was sixty-four, which coincides with the year that uh, the Avengers was first released in comic books. There's just little things like that that are in there for the true die-hard fans, and for the rest of us, it's just a number on the side of a ship that's necessary to be there for whatever reason. But we're we're approaching it just from you know just how was the movie, and you know how did it flow, and what were um you know, what were the messages that were that we that we kind of uh, picked up from the movie, and and how how did the fantastic ensemble cast work with each other? I mean, there's more A-list actors in this, you know, you sort of at one point have a uh, uh, you know, sort of a uh, uh, swinging dick contest, you know, between the superheroes. And you got to think that that's maybe what the actors were doing is, you know, who who can carry this show better. So um, I look forward to our conversation tonight. Cool, Mark.
0: Yeah, to echo Jeff, I I was never a comic book fan. Um, having an 11 year old son, I've seen all of the well, not all. I've seen Captain America, Thor, the Tony Star, the uh, Iron Man movies with my son because, you know, hey, he's 11 years old and this is great stuff when you're 11. This was his Star Wars. Um, never saw the Hulk movies because I'd heard so many bad things. And you know, it took him to see the Avengers. Uh, and having Josh Whedon as a director and some fine actors, it was a treat to sit there with my son and, and have one of those moments of enjoying a superhero movie. And it is what it is. It was a great popcorn summer movie last year. I think it's got some, as you noted, Steve, some great visuals. It's an action movie about a bunch of people who are prima donnas in their own rights and egomaniacs of varying degrees or gods or whatever you want to term them, who have to work together to overcome another bad guy, and, you know, they're superheroes. Are they going to die? No. Was Clint Eastwood going to die in a movie? No. Was John Wayne, with a few exceptions of a couple movies? No. So, you know, you know how this is going to end. It's how you get there and what kind of fun you have and the interaction between these individuals as they come together to to do good. You know, it's a feel-good, fun summer movie. And I own it because my son loved the movie. And it's a blast. It doesn't make any pretense to, do, to be any more than what it is. I think if you love superheroes, then you you are very happy with what Josh Whedon did. And if you don't really follow it like we don't, but you enjoy Josh Whedon and the actors, you'll enjoy this movie. If if you just want a fun action hero superhero movie, this is I think for the two thousands, this has become the standard fare of the action hero movies of the eighties where you, they just ground out action hero movies in the 80s. Now with CGI, we're going to grind out superhero movies now. And that's going to be the 2000s version of the action hero movies. And some are done really well, and some are done so-so. And this was, I think, done, is in the top tier of really well of the superhero movies.
1: Ken, initial thoughts?
3: Well, I'll repeat what everybody said, which was, I'm not a comic book fan, uh, but if you're a modern American movie goer, you're going to see superhero movies. I mean, that's just a genre that's big right now. It's been big for quite a few years. The predecessor movies to this, uh, the different Marvel movies, I saw just about all of them before I saw this. I I saw the first, uh, I'm trying to think, I think it's the first Hulk movie had Jennifer Connelly in it, and uh, I saw that. I mean, uh, basically Jennifer Connelly was in it. Not wasn't that hot, but I, I, I'm with you, Mark. I mean, the, they made two Hulk movies that didn't really quite gel. I think that was an issue co- coming into this. I was it going like, well, okay, they're having a Hulk in here. Well, that really are they going to pull off the Hulk?" Because I I, I, no, I didn't think that that was a well developed character. I mean, the, the actors who have been playing it it didn't seem to work. Uh, again, I saw Iron Man one and two, saw Thor. I was interested to see how they get these people together. Another movie which deserves some mention that is kind of s- similar idea is The Watchmen. Watchmen came out a few years ago, and it also shares with this a disconnect between the levels of these superheroes. Okay, because here it's like, okay, you got these are superheroes. Well, okay, what's what's uh, Scarlett Johansson's Natasha Romanoff? She's just a special agent. I mean, she's really not a superhero. She might be an action hero, but she's not a superhero, as opposed to Thor, who's a demigod or a god. You've got people of such widely differing powers. You saw that, too, in The Watchmen. I'm not trying to hype The Watchmen, but there comes a point where The Watchmen went deep into this of, basically, what are you doing even messing around in this genre? I'm a god. You're not. In this, The Watchmen was a heavy movie. I mean, they try to get deep messages and all about humanity and our place in the world. This didn't do that. They just went in, and it's well written. They do a good job of getting the different characters to interact. There's a lot of interaction, as uh, Jeff talking about swinging objects, bumping into each other. A lot of that, uh, which I enjoyed. I really didn't enjoy the way they brought it together. And it was not a well-honed team come together for a mission. It was prima donnas. And they were coming together, forced together, against their will, really, to do a job of great importance. And then in the end, you know, they struggled against adversity and prevailed. And I, I like that. I, I've got you know good vibes about this movie. I, I liked it when I saw it in the theater. I, I can't say when I saw it in the theater, I saw it in 3D, which is a great way to watch this movie. If you get a chance to see it in 3D, by all chance, by all, uh, go ahead and do it. It's, it's well worth catching. And I can't say when I saw it in 3D, there was virtually no seats to be had in that theater. This movie made bank. It made a lot of money. Many people saw it. It's one of the top grossing movies of all time. And that's why I have nothing else. We need to talk about it a little bit uh, to show that you know we're on top of things.
1: And that's a good point, Ken. It did make bank uh, big time. Uh, in fact, I think it's I've, – I've gotten the trivia, and they let's put it this way. It made well over a billion dollars worldwide, which obviously is nothing to sneeze at. And again, I guess that's the thing. I guess maybe I'm just – I guess for me I've got – a little bit more sophisticated taste when it comes to action movies in terms of, you know, not even so much plot, but even like believability. I mean, and Mark brought something up that I, I kind of want to get back to. You know, Mark made a comment about, you know, you know none of these guys are going to die, just like, you know, Clint Eastwood's not going to die in his movie or John Wayne in at least in half of his movies because I think he pretty much bit the bullet in half of the ones that he did, at least the ones in World War II. But the problem that I always had with this movie is that it wasn't even a matter that these guys were not going to die. They never even got hurt. It, it was just like it was like a bunch of giants having a pillow fight. It, you know, they, you know, they're bouncing around, throwing each other around, and and you just got to the point where it's like, well, none of these guys are actually ever getting hurt. There's only two guys in in this movie that you're really kind of worried about, and that was uh, uh, Black Widow, who was Scarlett Johansson, and uh, Legolas. I, I'm sorry, I mean uh, uh, Hawkeye, uh, who was Jeremy Renner. Those are the only two that were not superheroes. They were just very highly talented, skilled people in their profession. But outside of that, you just, you know, the Hulk, it's obviously, you know, he can drop from 30,000 feet, land on the ground. He's fine. Um, He can get hit by a uh, 20-millimeter minigun. Bullets bounce off of him. Lasers bounce off of him. He obviously cannot ever die. So it's just one of those things where it's like this is, there's never even a sense that, these guys can lose, so you're just kind of watching everything develop.
2: Um well I think you're right, Steve. And I think it goes to the comic book mythos. I mean, at no point in any of the comic books do you ever get the sense that it's it's the last edition. It's not about the last edition. It's not about the guys getting hurt. It's about them coming over adversity and how they do it. And how they do it with integrity usually. Or do it together as a team. It's, it transcends them as individuals. This, this story, uh, the story of superheroes, in a sense, is about self-sacrifice. And it's about people putting themselves um, in harm's way for the betterment of everybody else. And what you're watching this movie for is not about can they possibly get hurt, will they get hurt. It's not about that. It's about how are they going to overcome evil. And how are the villain in this case, and hopefully we'll talk about the villain a little bit later but even even though even in the action movies yeah this the <clears throat> the star gets hurt, but he's never taken out of the fight I mean no matter what happens, no matter how many how many helicopters he's in crashes, no matter how many times people beat him to a pulp, um, as you've pointed out several times, anybody that got punched twice is going to be out cold but You know, in these in these movies that you know you enjoy, people will be just pummeled multiple times for 20 minutes and get up just running at full speed. The criticism I think that you're lobbying for here, I think it's it's just part of this type of movie. I mean, you can criticize any movie for this. So I think you kind of maybe have to take a step back here a little bit with your criticism because I think it's unwarranted. It's not about the danger that they're in and should they be getting hurt. It's, about, it's a bigger story that we're talking about. And going back to zombies last week, <laughs> you have to accept something when you walk in the movie theater. You have to walk in and say, I'm going to accept that I'm going to see a show about zombies. Zombies have never happened, ever superheroes have never happened so I mean it's a fantasy land it's all fantasy so kind of anything goes I want to say and you have to either buy into it or you don't and another person Steve like you that doesn't buy into it that I thought was very um, that was some, a good piece of trivia is a uh, Paul Bettany, who does the voice of Jarvis for um, Tony Starks uh, computers he's done all the voices he was in this movie as Jarvis has never seen one of these movies. Never. Because just like you in general, he could care less. He says it's not my thing. But if they want to give me a bunch of money to do the voice, then he's all for it. But you, you know, you have to be someone that can at least enjoy this type of movie.
1: Yeah, and I mean I understand what you're saying about the whole thing with the zombies. It's like zombies have never happened. Or did they? We don't <laughs>
2: Well, you know you know what you know, what? You know uh, there was a there was a great movie quote one time there was this guy that professed to do all of this stuff he said you know i fought evil um i you know i overcame this adversity and well, maybe it was a cartoon maybe it was the tick or something and he said well somebody somebody sitting in the bar said well can you prove it and he stopped and he looked at him and said well we're all here aren't we
0: <laughs>
2: i mean you have a great point. I mean, for all we know, it could have happened, anyways. You know.
1: Well, I guess my thing is, is that yeah. I mean, you can compare it to the zombie thing, and and part of it is, is that the zombie movies for me are a little bit more of just it's like an extension of. I love those dystopian type movies where it, whether it's you know zombies or there's just you know massive plague that wipes out or you know I love those post apocalyptic type movies. So that's just one of those extension things. Whereas to me, with the superhero movies. Sorry, I just can't wrap my head around a flying aircraft carrier. For a guy, I, I'm a guy in that. a big metal suit flying around, uh, well, or Steve, I just—it's just very difficult for me because it's like—and I guess that's the thing—they're—they're they're putting it in like a contemporary type setting, and it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. And like, okay, I can't quite get around this, and maybe that's just it for me. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy the movie. It was enjoyable to watch. Like I said, you know, the cinematography, the acting, I thought all of it was fun. It was a fun movie. My beef is more around the whole concept of it. And again, I know there's a bunch of people out there probably think, this guy's a dork. I probably am because you know what? This movie made over a billion dollars. It didn't come out of my pocket. It came out of pretty much the rest of the planet's pocket, but it wasn't mine. So I obviously am in the very small minority of people who really aren't into this thing because like ken said they're just cranking this stuff out left and right and it's doing great i'm just not one of those that really gets into the concept around the superhero thing and i guess that's the thing i mean you know how can i not like this and why well, can get in the lord of the rings because that's a whole separate universe i mean that or is it <laughs> Okay.
3: Well, <laughs> hey, you know, parallel universe. What I, yeah.
1: What I'm saying is, is that there's not orcs running around downtown Manhattan taking the place over. Well, do you know. know?
0: Well, you know, somebody. Have say, you looked are. at some of the people in downtown Indianapolis? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm just saying. Is that you know, half orcs so maybe?
1: It's, you're next right.
0: And next weekend me, there will be orcs that's next weekend. That's true. Yeah. yeah <laughs>
3: You know something, not, not to totally change it, but, you know, something that, that just hit me, I, I just want to throw it out, is there actually is a movie, or at least there could have been some movies, where flying aircraft carriers totally fit. That movie is The Rocketeer, because back in the 30s, they had floating dirigible aircraft carriers. So, you know, and that's something, i I'm just got to throw that out. I like The Rocketeer. We ought to review that sometime. We'll do that right after The Notebook. You don't like The Rocketeer? Uh, I've never seen The Rocketeer. you got to watch The Rocketeer. It's a good movie. I've never even...
2: Back to this I'm one. just... Ken, I'm just throwing a shout-out to your friends who are tuning in to our uh, little uh, Facebook page. Was That's it a all. Notebook
3: or Hairspray? That's what I want to know.
1: I've seen, I've, seen the, I've seen The Hairspray, the play, but...
3: Back, back to uh The Avengers.
1: Again, it's one of those things. I did enjoy the movie, guys. I, I will admit, it was one of those things where I did. I sat there and watched it, and obviously, I only had one cup of coffee, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. But am I going to go out and watch Avengers two or three or whatever the hell they're coming out with? Probably not. It's just it's not my cup of tea. This is not the genre that I get into, and that's just me. Now, would we do we want to review others in the past? Yeah, I'll review them for the you know for the show, and I'll talk about it more in terms of just you know, the movies, the cinematography, stuff like that, but as far as just the whole concept around it, like I said, I just have a hard time wrapping my head around that being in contemporary society. Where obviously a guy flying around New York City in a rocket suit or something like that, nobody seems to think anything of it. It's like, okay, that's kinda weird. But that's just me.
2: But um well, go ahead, John. I mean they they've accepted they've they've accepted the fact that, you know, this man is um you know, th- there to uh, to to fight evil. Right. You know, it's the same thing. I mean, it, it's again, it's it's easy to ask the realistic question of these, and and because it's not in a realistic setting. It's not meant to be. It's it is meant to. It's meant to entertain, and it's its own genre piece. And you know, I'd be interested to see what Mark thinks about this. But I mean, it to me, the these. Superhero movies are one of the few movies that can actually uh, take the man versus self component and have it be kind of front and center. You don't see a lot of movies with the classic struggle, you know, man versus nature, man versus man and man versus self. Frequently, it's always man versus nature, man versus man. And don't get me wrong, superhero movies are about man versus man. But within superhero movies, there, there's always the internal struggle that these that these guys are going through. And it's the question of what would I do with these superpowers? And one of the scenes in this movie has, you know, Dr. Banner talking about, you know, he, he was trying to eat a bullet because it, this was just too much burden for him. He didn't want to live this life. He didn't ask for it. He didn't want it. And. You know, you, you see the struggles. I mean, these are, all, these are, these are people that have challenges that they have a gift and it's a curse at the same time. And it's these internal struggles and it makes us ask, what would we do? We think it would be great to fly, but with that comes this, this, almost dependency for us to do something special with it what would we do would we want that and so you have these underlying themes that i think are interesting to explore and ask you those questions it's sort of like the if i won the lottery what would i do it's okay i have these superpowers what would i do would i fight evil would i do nothing would i go and rob places i mean it's to me i find that interesting and i find that component especially in um in in the Iron Man series, I really enjoyed the Iron Man series. It's probably one that I've really watched with good faith. Um, the other ones, I really haven't stuck too close to. But it's 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 always about the writing. It's about the story. It's about the internal struggles. And it's about it's about how do these guys? You know, they're going to win, but how do they overcome an evil or a villain that seems to have the upper hand? Um, it's not about whether they can get injured. And die it's more about can they stop the person because if they can't then they've got to live in this world that this evil person has taken over, but again, you know you, you always know that John Wayne is going to ride away in the end, but how is he going to do it and it you know it's the same thing that I've seen, but Mark, what do you have to say
0: here's my takeaway, and again, my pardon me, my perspective is because I've got an eleven year old son and it makes me look back at when I was growing up when I was growing up, my dad took me to. John Wayne movies, cowboy movies, and World War II movies. I knew who the black hats and the white hats were. I knew the good guys were going to win. It was clear cut. You entered into a phase of a lot of anti-hero movies in the late 60s, 70s. But, you know, I clearly knew who the good guys were, the bad guys were. I knew what was right from wrong in the sense there, there was a code that was shown in those movies. Um, I think that got rebooted for a generation with Star Wars. In the late '70s and early '80s, and by extension, I really one of the things I like about these movies beyond I go in for the visual popcorn appeal, but I got to tell you, as a dad sitting there with a, a son, there's some good stuff here for a little kid, a, a little boy to, to hear about what is right, what is wrong, what is selfless, um, that that good can triumph over evil. I mean, a lot of those things are very trite. To post-modernist folk. um, Call me old-fashioned. I think we're all that way, too. I believe in those types of issues, and I believe that those are important collective stories to share in whatever form of storytelling, whether it's about cowboys or whatever type of mythic genre that can be transformed onto. uh, And I don't mean to be getting deep, but I think it is important uh, that there, there is a mythic genre that is tra- that that uh, movies ha- can do a very good job of of showing important values. And okay, so right now it's superheroes. So I will say that in, in that respect, it's not only entertaining, but it's good, clean fun with clearly delineated good and bad guys for people to take away, especially kids. Uh, and that's not a bad thing nowadays. I took my son to see Super Man of Steel, the new Superman movie, which I really like. Because it is really a father and son movie. It is if, if you've got sons, whether you like superheroes or not, it is about fathers and sons and raising the son to do the right thing and, and how hard it is to, whether you have superpowers or not, to understand how to adapt and survive and be a better person. So I'm going on a long-winded, and I don't mean to get on a high horse and, and be philosophical, but I, I think that that's, an, that's a component nowadays of these movies they are just an extension of the Star Wars franchise or the, the Westerns franchise or the World War II movie franchise that is 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 what is what I think is good about these movies beyond the entertainment value.
1: Well, Mark, you brought up a good point. This movie does send out some good messages, some underlying messages. And, and you know, again, don't apologize for getting too deep into it because I, I saw that in there, too. I mean, there's a couple of quotes in there, and I've got one of them uh, in terms of, uh, just the old uh, being old fashioned.
0: Captain America.
1: Yeah, with Captain America. And, and I, I do. I mean, this thing has got some good messages behind it. And again, I do like the movie. I'm just again not a big superhero fan, but I like the presentation that this one that this one delivered.
0: And, and that's really what I'm looking at. You know, I don't think you have whether you like the movie or whether you like the genre or not. I, what I took away from it was I walked out feeling good. Did I get my money's worth? Was I entertained? Did my son have? Did I have a great time with my son? Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and were there? Gr- the other thing that I liked was about this movie was it was in capable hands with Josh Whedon, who knew how to inject very good writing. I think the writing in this movie is very good, and there are some great lines in this movie. Yeah. There's some great interplay between the characters. You that know, carries this movie. There's, not, there's some action sequences and set pieces in this movie, but there's a lot of talking in this movie. A lot. And you know what I
1: want to do is I want to talk about, because you brought up characters, let's talk about some of the actors that are in this movie. And I thought, honestly, the one guy, and I've never seen him in anything, who I really thought was really good, I liked his presentation, was uh, the guy that played Bruce Banner slash the Hulk. And it was his name is Mark Ruffalo. And, you know, it's funny because when I first saw him, he looks like a – he reminded me of a very young – oh, gosh, what the hell was his name? He was uh, Private Pollen, Full Metal Jacket, D'Onofrio, Vincent Uh, D'Onofrio. Vincent
0: D'Onofrio. Yeah, Yeah.
1: looks just like him, like really young. I've never seen him in anything else. I mean, I've – I mean, this guy's been around for quite some time, and I'm like, I've never (laughs) seen him. He's been in a lot. Yeah, he's been a lot of stuff, and I'll be honest with you, it's not anything I've ever seen, or just don't ever recall, because I'm looking at his uh, resume right now, going, never saw it, never saw it, never saw it, okay, Avengers. So, I, and I did like his presentation. He was just very reserved, very quiet, and I thought he did a really good job. Uh, One of the other guys uh, that I liked, too, and again, first movie I ever saw him in, uh, was uh, Chris Hemsworth, and he played Thor, and I like this portrayal. I mean, I like this portrayal enough where, believe it or not, I actually might actually go watch the movie Thor because it's streaming right now on Netflix. So I might actually just, uh, you know what, it's free, I'm already paying for it, so screw it. I might actually go watch that. But I'll tell you what, the guy I thought stole the show was Tom Hiddleston. He was the one that played Loki. That dude was awesome. And I think it goes back to the, to the whole thing is that when you can play the bad guy, you pretty much are releasing all of that okay, this is where I can really just cut loose and just be a bad guy. And he did a great job at it. As a matter of fact, there is there is a quote that I picked up in this movie that when I watched it, and I believe this is a Disney movie, or Disney Let This Yeah, movie, oh, It's yeah. their first movie, I think. Is okay, it? Yeah. I'll tell you what, there's a line, and I picked it up, that my jaw hit the floor. I'm like... <laughs> Did he just say what I think he said? And I rewound it and I went, oh my God, he really did. And we'll get to that part when we do clips. But I thought Tom Hiddleston did a great job in this movie. One other person I want to talk about real quick because, you know, again, never saw her in another movie, but I was like, oh God, I didn't know Jennifer Connolly was in this. And it's not Jennifer Connolly, it's the, uh, it was Agent, what the hell is her name? Agent Smith or something like Kobe that.
0: Smulders. Kobe, Kobe Smulders. Kobe Smulders.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't know Jennifer Connelly had a twin. Oh, they're not related at all. Looks just like. Bobby
3: Spalders actually is in the TV series, How I Met Your Mother. If you watch that, which I, it's on when I go to the gym, so I've been catching up on it. But I mean, she plays a character in that, which is sort of, I mean, for lack of better words, to go back a a generation as a twin, it's a friend's knockoff. I mean, it's, it's, you know, a bunch of friends in New York doing their stuff. And she plays a, you know, a reporter in that thing. But Kobe Smulders, I didn't know until I watched uh, or I did my research that that's who it was. Her look in this is a little different than her look on TV.
1: And I think that was it because I've never watched that other show that you just mentioned. So um, I didn't watch Friends either. So thank God. But when I saw her in this, the way she was dressed and the way she looked, I mean, she looked like, uh, I thought she looked just like Jennifer Connelly. And I thought that's who it was. And when I look at other pictures of her, it's like, Oh God, it's obviously not Jennifer Connolly, but I just thought it really looked like her, so I just had to throw that out there.
2: So you were Steve, you were just pointing out that her appearances resemble Jennifer Connolly. Or otherwise, she was basically a cardboard cutout throughout the movie, also known as the irrelevant female role in the movie. Is that correct?
1: No, she was not the irrelevant female role. I will tell you oh. who the irrelevant female role is <laughs> at the end of the show. Okay, sure. A problem? guess who it is, but we're just going to wait.
0: You know, the other one who has, like, one minute. I love Harry Dean Stanton. It's, it's just... oh. Did I kill anybody?
1: Did they have to prop him up?
0: For, oh, my gosh. Oh, but it was great.
1: Oh. You know, it goes back to that whole thing is you have this image of actors and... Well, yeah, I'll just say actors. From
0: Alien. And,
1: and, and, but you don't realize that was an eternity me. ago. I mean, that was 1979. That was, and But when you watch movies it's like well that's the last thing i saw man i mean i've seen him in other stuff since then but and then you see him in this and you're like oh my god <laughs> he is so old but um didn't realize that curly bill brosis was in this too until i saw him right but, um yeah I well was- that was
3: it when i was watching it i was going like, you don't see his face it's just that shadowy figure on the screen I like, that's powers booth
1: yeah by
0: his voice you can yeah. tell
1: yeah. oh yeah the voice a couple other people in this one uh jeremy renner uh, liked him. He was um, again Legolas. I mean, I'm sorry. I keep saying Buckeye, Hawkeye.
0: What the hell Clint is his Barton. name? Clint Barton. Clint Barton. It sounds yeah, like him. he's he's an elite agent. I like him. I like him as an actor. He's getting like some good roles.
1: I like him too. But you know, the name Clint Barton sounds like you ought to be doing porn movies. <laughs>
0: he mean the mustache?
1: I'm just saying. I I would. I, I think I I think I'd have to go with Hawkeye. Don't call me that. Clint Barton just sounds too much like.
0: Then there's scarlet Johaha ha -ha -ha hot hansen
1: yeah she's um she's a looker i i enjoyed watching her um i i don't like her with red hair i love redheads but her and red hair for some reason just didn't do it for me
0: i like her in the black dress with the black stockings where she's taking the phone call she's getting the crap kicked out of her
1: yeah
3: this, this movie proves my uh maxim that i pointed out an episode or two back that you know it's well-known scientifically that if you take a, a female operative and put her into a black, clingy <laughs> cat suit, it makes them much more effective in a combat situation.
1: Absolutely, Of course. Absolutely.
3: Because It's some sort of dexterity enhancer or something, I guess. I don't know. Yeah.
1: It
2: compresses having, things, therefore yeah, absolutely. the Absolutely. Yep. Everything's nicely packed in. Nothing gets in the way. And, and, and there's feel energy transference. It, it feels very supported. Yeah, it's like a push-up bra. Yeah,
3: that that that's if that's the rationale they want to use, I'm all for it.
0: yeah, it's like a pressure suit.
2: Are you guys her. done? We just commented since she was we, since she was mentioned, we never want to pass up. But I'm well, it was her and
0: uh,
3: Agent uh, uh, Cardboard. Hill. Yeah, they were both. The, they both are rocking the black cat suit look for much of the movie.
1: I, you know, I'm I'm gonna just say it right now. I mean, I was I was kind of thinking that. Um, I think uh, Agent Maria Hill. I think Colby Smulders uh, was rocking the suit a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I got a thing for I got a thing for dark haired girls. I don't know. That's just me. I just uh, I think
0: they were both doing a fine job.
1: They were doing a fine job. They were. And like I said, don't get me wrong. I mean Scarlett Johansson is like wow, but I don't know. I just got a I got a thing for uh, you know tall dark haired uh, girls. But you know I'm just gonna move You're on. Tall you know, dark
2: haired is- flat chested girls. Yes, I know. Milo. <laughs> Stop! I'm
0: intervening. You know the other guy who carries the movie because he's he is this. If there's going to be a central character in the ensemble cast, there's two of them. Robert Downey Jr. just he plays that arrogant, brilliant, smug billionaire really well. You mean Dick? (laughs) That too. I think it's Tony. Tony Stark and you know uh, Nick Fury. Samuel L. Jackson. He's not a good guy. He is the classic Machiavellian. He will do what it needs to be done to get the mission done. That's for the really better good.
2: Like- yeah, he's a yeah. man I- that sees the better good. Sometimes sacrifices need to be made.
0: Right, and I like the way he plays that character. I thought so too.
1: Okay, you know one thing I want to say, and I talked about this uh, with Jeff offline uh, the other day. But can we do something because it's becoming this trope in movies where you have the you know head of the super secret agency with the eye patch? Can we lose the eye patch and maybe get like. A fake nose, or maybe a claw for the hand, or something. Because the eye patch is just—it's starting to become very like, you know, pirate thing.
2: I like the Everybody, peg leg. I like the, get rid of the eye patch, like the but get, get the peg leg.
1: I think Jeff has hit it with the peg leg. Got
2: to go. If with we the can peg. have
0: a parrot with the peg leg. Oh,
2: see, yeah. You can do without the eye patch. You might. Have, I guess. I guess you could put a peg leg and a parrot on him, and he
1: would be a pirate. Yeah. Just, just go with the whole tricorn hat hey, and Hey Steve.
0: I, I, <laughs> before you started reenacting. <laughs> There's a guy who ran the Louisiana Tigers outfit, and he'd have an eye patch. And in the morning, the eye patch would be on his left eye. In the <laughs> afternoon, it'd be on his right eye. Now, that is what you need for an eye patch. You just need to see the eye patch move back and forth.
2: Wasn't your hump on the right
0: side? <laughs> exactly. What hump? What hump? What hump? <laughs> We've been we've been hyping the various
3: actors in this movie and I just do want to give a throw out to Chris Evans as uh, Captain America. Yes. Absolutely. Because, you know, number 1, I like the Captain America movie. I mean, yeah. it's a it's a straightforward movie. It's I I enjoyed it. The thing I really did enjoy about it was it has this whole secret weapons of the Luftwaffe, you know, weird yeah. World War II tech feel to it which you don't get. I mean, you know, I I I in my younger days, I spent a lot of times reading all these books about the, you know, the wonder weapons of the Nazis that never were and all. And then Captain America, they all show them with glorious CGI, which I was kind of cool. But no, the thing about his character was number one, he's a, you know, he's a throwback from the past. He's a man from the forties. He's uh, you know, a veteran of World War II and he actually acts in this movie as a unifying force. He, in my opinion, you can argue it, but. You know, he he helps take this group of prima donnas that are all doing their own thing and brings them together. And the thing that you know, I'm not saying it was like awesomely done or anything, but I loved it when they finally get in the battle scene and it's all chaos and confusion, and all of a sudden it's like you realize, well, hey, uh, this guy, he's a captain. He's he's like a, a combat you know infantry veteran and. He starts giving orders, and you do this, and you do that, and you go here, and you go there, and brings this unit together. And I, when I was watching, it, I was going like, "Hey, that's I like that scene. You yep. don't see that often
1: in yep. superhero movies, right?" And I did. I like that whole fact that when it came down to when you know uh, Loki's armies coming through the uh, you know the portal and invading, he's just pretty much all right. We got to surround this perimeter and do all this stuff. And the one cop was kind of like. Why the hell do I got to take orders from you? And then he goes and beats the piss out of a whole company of the bad guys. And the cop's like, all right, got to set up this perimeter and do all this. And he's like, all right, well, you proved to order. So I, I, did, I do like stuff like that. I thought it was pretty cool. I I, I did enjoy that stuff. But um, uh, let's see. Gosh, any other actors we need to talk about? I mean, some of the others. Uh, uh, yeah,
3: I think Agent Colson needs a, a little yeah, throwout. Yeah, I was because thinking about
2: Agent Colson.
3: He, all through the prequel movies, Agent Colson has been popping up. From the very beginning, it's like, he, you know, from the very beginning, he just sort of, I'm, you know, he's this man in black. I mean, he's, he, he's with some organization. They're doing something. And in a way, he's the unifying force in the prequels. It shows that it's a portend of what's coming. This may be a standalone movie, but this guy being in the movie shows, there's something else going on out there. Right. And he gets his moment of glory.
0: And he and Agent Hill, so Kobe Smulders and Clark Gregg, who played Phil Coulson, are reprising their roles this fall in a new TV series that's going to be produced by Josh Whedon called Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, really? He's the lead. And it's not the superheroes. It's the agents. It's the adventures of the agents.
2: For people that don't know who uh, Clark Gregg is, I mean, he's been in a lot of stuff. He's been in a lot of TV, and he usually usually plays some sort of, I don't want to say weasel, but somebody kind of that's guy. a little shifty. Um, he's been in a lot of the Iron Man movies, or all of them up to this point. Um, and he was actually in We Were Soldiers. He was a Captain Tom Metzger. Um, so, I mean, he's been in a lot of TV shows. I mean, you would clearly recognize him when you see this movie.
1: Did you see who he's married to? No, I did not. Oh really, Jennifer Grey? Yep, <laughs> they've been married for a while too. Get out! Yeah, he's married huh. to Jennifer Grey.
0: I like Jennifer Grey. Yeah, I do too. Worst She's thing not ex- gotten a nose job.
1: I was going to say the worst thing she ever did was get her nose fixed. Absolutely. I always thought I liked her nose. It was cute. Yeah, it gave. It, it, she was a spunky little thing. I it,
0: it ruined her. It it hurt her career. It destroyed her career. Yeah.
1: Why do you think they don't have Newman in any more movies? He went on a diet, lost all that weight. It's like, all right, well, nobody wants you in this stuff anymore, but, you know, you're going to live.
2: He he still has that same shifty, whiny voice. (laughs) You could still do it. Hello,
1: Newman. All right, uh, let's see. Let's move on. I've got a little bit of trivia we're going to talk about here. Edward Norton was originally set to reprise his role from the Incredible Hulk, but negotiations between him and Marvel Studios broke down, and he was replaced with Mark Ruffalo. Am I even saying his name right? Is Yeah, Ruffalo? you are. Mark, it's Mark Ruffalo. Okay. All right. Very yeah. good. Just, Mike, like a buffalo. I don't want to insult the guy. He gets pissed off. Next thing you know, my house is just like ashes. So he I, is the Hulk. I'm just saying. He just he just That's smash right. it. Right. All right, uh, thank God for this part. Before Mark Ruffalo was cast as the Hulk, Joaquin Phoenix was rumored for the part. You know, sometimes I do. It's like, why do you guys even consider certain people for these roles? But, <laughs> hey, you know what? I don't work in Hollywood. But thank you're God. You're not the head it. of
3: a big studio pulling down, you know, $25 million a year.
1: Obvious, obviously not.
2: Do you guys know there were seven Academy Award nominees in this movie?
1: Really? It's an awesome movie. Well, you know what? We're going to talk about that, too. I want to get to that part, but I'm going to okay. get go to some of the other trivia. Chris Hemsworth had to increase and expand his dietary food intake in order to maintain the physique he built up for Thor, consisting of chicken breast, fish, steak, and eggs every day. Uh, Hemsworth said he had to consume his body weight in protein. I like the whole steak and eggs part. If I could do steak and eggs every morning, I would and would be dead within a year, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I, I swear to God, the ideal breakfast for me, steak and eggs with hash browns. I could eat that every day. And like I said, I'd be dead within a year.
3: I've eaten hmm. it rarely, but it is an awesome breakfast.
1: It is an awesome breakfast.
2: Oh, my gosh. I have never had it. i oh. never had steak and eggs.
3: And hash browns.
2: And I hash, hash browns. browns. No. And biscuits. Fresh it biscuits. It doesn't sound good. oh, oh. Well, hey, I'll throw Jeff. out a
3: plug here. The Aristocrat has a great brunch, and they got a potato casserole there, which isn't hash browns, but it's even better.
1: Jeff, did I hear you right when you said you'd never had steak and eggs? Never had it.
3: Ah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I think of, when
2: I go get breakfast food, I go get traditional breakfast food. I go get, I, I, you know, I like a nice omelet. This is strange. It's hard to find a good omelet these days. Oh, um, p- people believe that you got to add three eggs and, like, a gallon of milk to fluff it up. I don't get it, but anyway.
1: I'll tell you what, I can make. I will make you enough. Oh. All right, get this
0: podcast back under control. This right. isn't the Food and Network.
1: Just because we're having a moment doesn't mean you have to interrupt it. Okay, after Loki is brought on board the helicarrier, Tony Stark can be seen wearing a Black Sabbath T-shirt. Black Sabbath is better known for their song, Iron Man. Although the song was not originally associated with the Marvel Comics character, it has since been referenced in the comics and at the end of Iron Man, when Tony quotes the lyric, I am an Iron Man. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. All right. This film holds an unusually high number of Academy Award nominees. And the cast and crew for a comic book movie... Oh, gosh, I had gas today. Or other people. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Tell you what, wait till I tell you the beer I've been having tonight, and you'll understand. Uh, let's see. We got Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow. She was an Academy Award nominee for what? Yeah. Oh, good lord. Maybe Midsummer's Night Dream or something, I think. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, Jeremy Renner, Mark Ruffalo, and director Josh Whedon. Now, were they nominees for this movie, or were they just. No. Oh, just in, in life. Okay, good. I mean, because you know what? Because when I was reading that, I'm like, okay, they were given Academy Award nominees for this movie. I would have been pissed because.
2: No, no. All right, good. it's just to show the level of caliber. I mean, we're talking people that have some acting chops to them. I mean, I mean you know it once you see it. Um, you know, you've got people on here that uh, I mean, you know, it's it's a great ensemble cast, and they you know have been represent you know respected by their peers for their acting talents.
1: Okay, all right. To prepare for the role of Agent Clint Barton, Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner was trained by Olympic archers. But but let me let's just take a second here just to
2: analyze that. Why? It's not like he was actually having to shoot stuff accurately, right? I mean, that's what the CGI is for, right? <laughs> I mean, that's I don't. I don't, I don't get
1: that. I, I don't either. Uh, Go well, on. Moving on. Uh, the crew hired 25 members of the Ohio-based 391st Military Police Force Battalion for the attack on New York City scene to add realism to the battle.
0: Barely there.
1: Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. The battle cry the Avengers, Avengers Assembled, was not spoken throughout the film. However, Chris Evans... However, Chris Evans would say it behind the scenes to call out the rest of the cast via text message to hang out off the set. I'm starting to like Chris Evans because, you know what, I'm thinking this guy likes to go have a few beers. I think he would be fun to hang out with. Yep. I bet too. Yeah, I would hang out with Scarlett
2: Johansson. Get it? Hang out? Anyway.
1: I don't know. I'll take uh, What's-Her-Name-The-Canadian-Chick. Let's see, the first film... Cardboard. Go on. Sorry. The first film that grows $200 million in its first three days in the US of A. Uh, the 12th film to surpass the 1 billion mark worldwide and the 10th to surpass the 400 million mark in the USA. It tied with Avatar and Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, Part 2, for surpassing the 1 billion dollar mark worldwide in the fastest time. Whatever. I can't believe I actually put that trivia in this thing. See. I want to
3: point out something that occurred to me was, I think we were having a conversation a while back, like, John Carter Mars lost like $200 million, and The Lone Ranger lost like $250 million. How can Disney afford to lose that kind of money? And it's because a couple of years ago they made a billion dollars on this movie.
1: Right. Well and That never really occurred to me. Well, I could have told you right off the bat, when they were bringing out The Lone Ranger, I'm like, you know what? It's going to fail because... All the people that really could relate to that show are dead. Are dead. <laughs> are dead. And how about
2: and how about we put somebody that's not Native American in as the Native American?
0: Oh, but he says he is. He's got some Native American blood in him. He oh, says sure
1: so. He does. That's why he had a dead pigeon on his head and looked like a Montezuma person. Or what. I it just I mean that's what, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp doesn't right. count. Whatever. But I guess my whole thing was, like, with that thing, when they were coming out the Lone Ranger, I'm like, seriously, no one can relate to this movie. Sort of like Zorro. Even then, I mean, it was just, I mean, the Lone Ranger literally was on old-time radio back before there were TVs. So, literally, anybody that was really a Lone Ranger fan, those guys are dead. I barely remember watching it as a little kid on when it was, like, syndicated. It was, like, Sunday morning. You used to watch it before... Uh, uh shit the two mexican dudes what the hell was that name Pancho and cisco
3: cisco uh, kid the
1: cisco kid there you go thank you
3: well they did have the 80s uh lone ranger movie but that was a debacle it failed horribly because they like the people making the movie went after the original lone ranger and like made them ditch the mask and they got a whole bunch of bad press before the movie ever came out but that's got nothing to do let's get back to the avengers
1: Absolutely. Alright, last quote, and I like this part. Chris Evans was unsure about his character's line. I understood that reference because he was worried that it would make audiences think that his character was unintelligent. However, he was quickly comforted after he watched the movie with an audience and he saw that they found the line humorous as opposed to stupid. Because that was the thing with him, is like uh you know, he's a World War II vet and then they kinda thought him out after what, seventy years and you know, he doesn't know any of the Contemporary stuff today, so he's kind of out of the loop. So when they would say things like that one scene when Agent Coulson said, he goes, "You know, this guy's like a realer Stephen Hawking," and he's like, he's a really smart guy." Oh, okay. So I, I did like the scene where they
3: introduced him, and he's 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 working out on the punching bag.
1: Yeah, and he's got a whole bunch yep. of punching bags laid out because he just got
3: them all laid out because he keeps breaking them. You know, I, I I like
1: that. That's cute. Yeah. No, I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah, there's some, you know, and there was 106 pieces of trivia and I pulled out the best ones, or at least the ones that
2: <laughs> we're, were more towards the the 1 through 50.
1: Right. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, that is it for trivia. So, it is now time for brother, what you drinking? All right, who's first?
2: Jeff. yeah. Go. I've got the I've got the um simple one tonight. It's it uh tonight, um I am drinking um, Diet Coke mixed with vanilla oh wait a minute, hold on um, that'll never happen
1: um, Jeff, you know what, when you started saying it you know what I was about to say?
2: Huh?
1: <laughs> um, For making
3: fun of me, the son of a bitch but <laughs> uh, Oh cow, he's got a big bottle
2: I am finishing off the growler that Steve so kindly brought over the other night and left for me uh, from the uh, great Rock Bottom Brewing Company. Liz is the uh, uh, brewmaster over there, Liz Laughlin, and um, does a stellar job with their beer. And uh, Steve brought me over a uh, a growler of their uh, stout. And um, I'll tell you what, that has me feeling very good tonight.
1: She very is- good. She makes the best oatmeal stout.
2: Oh my god, it is good. Yeah. It is good.
1: I'm thinking of yeah, I not I, there tomorrow. I
2: can't. I can't tell you what the AVB is, but I know it's got to be close to eight or nine, right, Steve?
1: Is it ten? No shit. No, I'm not even, not even near that. Hers, her oatmeal stouts are like around like five and a half. Ken, what are you drinking tonight? Because you probably, if you're not drinking what I think you're drinking, you need to drink more. What do you got there, sir? I'm drinking the same drink I've been drinking all night. I started drinking
3: at about 4.45 down at La Margarita, and then I moved on to Bravo. And at each stop, I drank Bacardi, Mm -hmm. rum, and
1: Diet Coke.
0: All right, Mr. Mark, what do you got there, sir? Well, I'm trying to... I think I have the beginnings of a chest cold because I work at a hospital. And, hey, it now seems to be that's the plague de jour that we're going to get hit with this week. So I've been um, medicating myself with some very fine Blanton's bourbon. Oh, there you go. The Oc- Bourbon? Bourbon in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Kind of the rounded octagonal bottle with the pony on the top.
3: Where is that uh, distilled at?
0: Um, you mean other than Kentucky?
3: I mean, specifically in Kentucky. It's, it's a big Frank- state.
0: in Frankfort. Oh,
3: okay.
0: I mean, if it's not in Bardstown, Frankfort, or Woodford County, where I live, it's or Louisville, that's pretty do much you, it.
2: Do you pronounce the capital of Kentucky Louisville or Louisville?
0: We pronounce it Frankfort. That's what I thought. <laughs> so let it be written. So let it be done. Yes, we have not heard that in a long time. What are you drinking, Steve? Gentlemen,
1: it's been a while since we called down the thunder.
0: Oh, Oh. here we go. Are we going to ten on the alcohol scale?
1: I'm feeling it. I'm all excited this week, and I was thinking, like, you know what? We haven't heard the roar for a while, so I was thinking about, gosh, what can I do? And um, I was going to stop at, uh, I was going to stop at cons because you know, if anybody has. Uh, anything that's going to get the Godzilla or it's going to be cons. And then I was running late, so I'm like, i got to get a workout, and then Deb and I had a date tonight and everything like this. I, uh, screw it. So I stopped at my uh, uh, usual place, 21st Amendment, and I found this. These are from my uh, good and dear friends at the Stone Brewery Company. This is, just so you know, gentlemen, this is the uh. Espresso Imperial Russian Stout. Uh. Okay? And I've been nursing this bad boy for a while now because. Um, Take you know, back!
2: It ain't no candy.
1: Yeah, it's not candy. This is this is fork and spoon, and I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. I've had a few other beers prior to that, and um, I'm not even trying to finish this one off before I like face plant right on the keyboard. But I'm just going to tell you right now, this is very good as an imperial stop goes. It is not real hoppy. There's a good hop uh, bite to it. But it's really good. I really do like these guys. And anybody who's ever listened to the podcast, some of the older ones I have, I've talked about uh, some of the stuff from the Stone Brewery. Their stuff's really good. It's really good stuff. They do go pretty heavy on the hops. Uh, I will tell you that right now. Pretty much uh, their their signature line is the Arrogant Bastard uh, Ale, which is it's pretty hoppy. Their Ruination Pale Ale, which I have not showcased on this show yet, I believe. I'm going to do that one next, maybe. Uh, that one literally will like suck your gums in and um, actually probably make you shit out of Diamond, for that matter. It's, But it's good. It's really good. But this one, gentlemen, this one comes in at a solid 11% ABV. Shut your wow. mouth. Yep. So there you go. Wow. And I'll tell you what, I've, I've I've had half this thing right now, and I'm feeling every bit of it. So there you go. I've said it before, but I believe I'm at a disadvantage here because, you know, I,
3: I drank that glass. The rum was up to there. The Diet Coke filled that up. There was a lot of alcohol in there, but I don't have a little bottle with print it printed on there. So I'm always losing the Godzilla Blast, probably deservedly so, but, you know.
2: Do you know what makes you lose the Godzilla Blast? Diet Coke.
0: There you go. Drink the rum straight. Yeah. Gotta have that Diet Coke though. You know what? Here, at least,
2: Ken. At least put some. Make it in. Put it in Coke or Dr Pepper or hey, something Steve, with some sugar content, finger,
0: man. Steve, a question. Do yep.
2: you realize how much fat is in that shit?
0: Would you give Ken a triple Godzilla? Yeah, if a triple woutini? Did... No, no, no. Let me finish. If he did a flaming shot of one fifty one on the air, would you give him a triple Godzilla for a flaming shot of one fifty one on the air? I may have to
1: find another uh, sound clip for that one. I don't. You I mean, might. Yeah, if he did a flaming shot of one fifty, we have to come up with some barren Godzilla. Come on. Oh,
0: no. There you go, Ken.
3: And I'll, I'll swing by and pick up some Everclear next time. <laughs> Maybe I'll give you some respect.
0: I still remember back
1: in college, that was the thing. You got a bottle of Everclear and uh, a bunch of uh, grape Kool-Aid, and you would just get this big garbage can. You'd fill that thing. Jim and, Jones. No, we called the Purple Jesus.
0: We called it Jim Jones. Come, my sisters. Come, my brothers. Drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah a couple bottles
1: of Everclear and a whole bunch of uh great kool-aid and you had a party all right gentlemen we are done with uh brother what you're drinking so you know what let's move on to clips our favorite part of the show let's see what do we got here i've got gosh i've got a few good clips here uh i try to pick out some of the uh the better ones and we are going to go with let's see um here, let's number one. I'm just going to play these. No one's come or gone. The cell clean. No contacts. No I am. There's any tampering, sir. Wasn't at this end?
2: At this end? Yeah, the cube is a doorway
0: to the other end of space, right? The door's open from both sides.
1: And let's see. We got uh, number two.
0: We made some modifications to the
1: uniform. I had a little design input. The uniform? The stars and stripes, a little old fashioned.
0: Everything that's happening, the things that are about to come to light, people might just need a little old fashioned. It's a good quote. It was good... glad you popped it in there.
1: Uh, I like this one. This is when um, Captain America actually landed in Germany to uh, kick Loki's ass, and I like this uh, this little quote when he uh, landed.
2: You know, the last time I was in Germany saw a man standing above everybody else we ended up disagreeing
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's what i mean about the writing yeah yeah
1: there's some good stuff in here uh let's see this is uh oh this is a little dialogue between captain america and tony stark i don't like
0: it what rock of is giving up so easily i don't remember it being that easy this guy packs a wallop still you are
2: pretty spry for an older fellow (laughs) What do you think, Pilates?
0: What? It's like calisthenics. You might have missed a couple of things. You know, doing time as a capsicle. <laughs> capsicle. <laughs> I just
1: like that. What are you doing Pilates, huh? huh? <laughs> that's that. He's like he doesn't know what they're talking about.
2: I just love his lines. Robert Downey Jr. has has oh. the, the he has some of the best lines in the movie, but again it's the interplay and you know you have captain america sort of playing the you know the, the, the serious role and you've got tony stark playing or uh, robert downey jr playing the you know, kind of these snarky tony stark they they all play their roles very well and they're written very well for each person um, and that's why the interplay in this movie. And you're right, you're spot on when you say the writing in this movie is is really what sells it. it it's not cheesy, it's not you know re- over the top. The action is over the top, but the writing is is spot on.
1: All right, let's see uh... next one. I've come here to put an end to Loki's schemes and prove it. Put that hammer down. Uh, yeah, no, that calm. He loves it. <laughs> You want
3: me to put the hammer down? <laughs> oh no! Nope.
1: Bad call. He loves. has a great voice. He does. Yes. He sounds like a god. Yeah, he does. Well, he, he's,
0: and so know. does Loki. He's got that oily voice about him, that used car salesman. Yeah. Yes. He
1: was really good. Here we got this one. I call this one adopted. I thought this was one of my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark's laughing because already knows where I'm talking. I know what it is. Yeah.
0: I don't think we should be focusing on Loki. That guy's brain is a bag full of cats. You could smell crazy on him.
1: I care how you speak. Loki is beyond reason, but he is of Asgard. And he is my brother. He killed 80 people in two days. He's adopted.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the look that Thor gives everybody, like, sorry, he's adopted.
1: (laughs) I just love that. I I love the whole part. (laughs) It's crazy as a full bag full of cats. You can smell crazy. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I was doubled over laughing on that one. I actually had to rewind the part with Thor goes, okay, so he's adopted.
0: <laughs> I missed that part. And, then, and again, i got to give credit to Josh Whedon. You know, we all love Josh Whedon's work in Serenity and Firefly. And that humor is just ported over into this movie.
1: Absolutely. All right, uh, let's see. Number, I call this one Galaga. Uh, raised the missing mass, ship substance. That man is playing Galaga. Thought we wouldn't notice, but we did.
0: How does Fury even see these? He turns. Sounds exhausting.
3: <laughs> did you guys notice that
1: when everybody left the bridge, the guy fired God, go back up?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I love that. I just, that, was a great, that was a great little clip, because I'm like, man, I'll tell you what. That damn game almost slunk me out of college. <laughs> <laughs> that is no bullshit. Uh,
0: thank God WoW wasn't around, or you would be, oh, God. You'd be flipping burgers the rest of your life.
1: Oh, I'm surprised I'm not on welfare, because of WoW. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, we've got flying monkeys. And I'd like to know how Loki used it to turn two of the sharpest men I know into his personal flying monkeys. Monkeys. I do not understand? I do. I, I understood that reference. <laughs> Captain America just <laughs> It's just like flying monkeys. Oh, I saw Wizard of Oz. because oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> probably no one else understood it. Yeah. The only one that did.
0: I do, and he's so proud of himself.
1: I yeah. do. Well, it's because everything else he's 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 a fish out of water. He doesn't
3: understand anything else is going uh-huh. around around him.
1: Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you what. This is the quote that I'm talking about, that I was sitting there watching the movie, and there's a scene where Loki is talking to Black Widow, who's Scarlett Johansson. He does this little line about, you know, what am I, you know, she was talking about making a deal with him over um, uh, Hawkeye. And Loki makes this comment, again, my jaw dropped, because I thought, oh my God, they said that? Anyway, I'm going to play it. Barton, not until I make him kill you,
0: slowly, intimately, in every way he knows you fear, and then he'll wake just long enough to see his good work, and when he screams, I'll split his skull. This is my bargain, you mewling quim. Wow.
1: That's some pretty harsh language. For a Disney movie, that's some pretty violent, threatening stuff, but the whole mewling quim thing... Um my understanding—that's the British version of uh, you don't say that word.
0: Yeah, that's mommy parts.
1: Yeah, I I was like,
0: really? They
1: they, they said that? I mean, I was yeah. really surprised that that came out in this movie. I was a little, honestly, a little shocked, shocked and awed, I should say. I don't know. I mean, does that have the same effect in England? I I thought that was. Uh, I thought, is a word you didn't say. But anyway, all right, next clip. I'd like to know why
0: S.H.I.E.L.D. is using the Tesseract to build weapons of mass destruction. Because of him. Me. Last year, Earth had
1: a visitor from another planet who had a grudge match that leveled a small town. We learned that not only are we not alone, but we are hopelessly, hilariously outgunned. My people want nothing but peace with your planet. But you're not the only people out there, are you? And you know what? There's some messages that they send here that I think fit in the contemporary world. Is you know, you're always having to develop stuff because you don't know what the hell is out there. And and I thought that was kind of poignant.
0: It's the arms race. Yeah, in the superhero world.
1: Well, they made a comment. They said, you know, it's like, oh yeah, you know. Well, Tony Stark made the comment. uh, Mutually assured destruction. How did that work for stability? Um, Pretty well, actually. Didn't occur. Yeah, actually, when you look at uh, human history after the you know up until World War II and then afterwards, it's worked out pretty well. Haven't had any major world wars, so yeah, it's worked out pretty well. So I mean, it's stuff like that which you know they they try to throw a little political stuff in there, and it's just like, well, yeah, the whole math thing did work out well. So anyway, those are clips. Now that we're done with clips, it is now time for the man cave movie review checklist. Number one. Holy crap. Did anyone jump out of a window? Why did I even ask?
0: All oh, well, the downtown you... Manhattan was shattered windows. Yeah, I was going to say, pretty much. Uh, Thor busted himself out of a falling death ride roller coaster. It was glass or something yeah. like it. Yep. Yeah.
1: Which is why yeah. I was wondering. I'm like, well, hell, if the Hulk could fall from like 30,000 feet, what's Thor worried about? Again, just... Just throwing that out there. There's,
3: there is a bunch of people jumping through windows all through this thing.
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Aliens, people, superheroes. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. All, all right. The people that two.
0: weren't there were Ghostbusters.
1: We got to do Ghostbusters sometime. Got to do it. All right. Number two, was there a relevant female role in the movie? Pepper Potts. Thank you. Pepper is necessary because of her role in the
2: Iron Man series and She fills that role. I I am still trying to figure out uh, what uh, Agent Maria Hill is really, you know, what her role is there. I mean, that could have been played by a cardboard cutout, a mannequin, or just air.
1: Pepper pods. Maybe he's more attractive than Gwyneth.
2: Oh, my God. She looks like a man. She has a jaw that could crush nuts. And I don't mean my nuts.
0: You're just jealous because they're not your nuts.
2: No, no. I mean, she looks like, I mean, she has the jaw and chin of like a dude, and I'll bet she has man hands.
0: Wow. Gwyneth has cankles.
1: And she can act. She is the Matt Damon of the female. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you that right now. The only reason Gwyneth Paltrow has a career is because of her mother. Her mother was an actress, so, of course, Gwyneth has to be an actress. And her mother was a very famous actress, so Gwyneth has to be one. Gwyneth can't act. It doesn't matter, but that's all right.
3: All right, what if this? I mean, she's an Academy Award winner. That doesn't prove anything. But I mean, I've, I've seen her in things where she can act. But it's a superhero movie, and in this particular iteration, she is just there to provide continuity. This movie is a gap filler between Iron Man One, Iron Man Two, and Iron Man Three, which were all. They were they were going to be made one way or the other. They're providing continuity, and I do think Jeff has a point. i want to say as, in regard to agents uh, and to Colby uh, Smulders, uh, Agent Hill. I think that's a throwback to the comic books. From what I understand, again, I'm not a big reader of the comic books. Know nothing about them, but I, I I think that that's a character that's prominent in the comic books. They wanted to give that character a fair amount of screen time and homage to what that role plays in the other. You know books that have gone on before
1: and that's fine and i understand where jeff's coming from but i don't know i just i've never been a big fan of her i just think she's the matt damon of female actors so uh let's see could the irrelevant female role be better played by tawny katane Absolutely, because she could
2: walk across that bridge back and forth like colby smolders all day you're exactly right tawny katane colby smolders interchangeable Good point. Thank you. Moving on. Did this movie know what it wanted to do? I guess it of course it it
0: it wanted to fight evil today.
2: And it did it.
0: And it kicked its ass and it told Loki that he was a puny god.
3: (laughs) That's a great line.
0: Yeah. Puny god. Puny god. Yeah. Obviously it took
1: Hulk to do it because, you know, when he beat the piss out of Thor, didn't work. Loki,
0: it did. Go figure. Loki's not Thor.
1: All right uh let's see number six did george lucas steal any part of this movie for star wars well i don't know the uh, flying aircraft carrier looked like 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 a <laughs> the flying aircraft carrier looked a lot like a superstar destroyer
0: what else does anybody have
1: anything i've got nothing i was pulling that one right out of my ass so
2: i'm i was not, gonna uh, say that say that, that smelled like shit right there
3: i'm gonna um, say that this movie stole the i don't know what they call them but from uh Empire Strikes Back, the little rider things that the scouts were riding through the
1: woods. Oh, God, yes.
3: I mean, those grab oh, bikes or aliens. whatever. The aliens were riding, like, grav bikes or something, yeah. which look to be, a, you, know, sort of, you know, arguably borrowed or inspired by Empire Strikes Back. But mm. I have no proof of this.
1: Yeah. yeah, those are terrible. All right, last and certainly not least. Was there a Babylon Five reference in this movie, Jeff? No, I didn't think so. Oh gosh, not even a B five reference. See, that's another reason I don't like Super. Oh, um, I
2: mean there. Uh, no, no B five reference. There were a lot of there were a lot of B five references and the old Avengers series back in the sixties, but nothing
1: with the movie. All right. That is it for the Man Cave Movie Review Checklist. It is now time for the Man Cave Movie Review of this great and fantastic film, as I've been told. You know what, Jeff? You know what? You just kicked this one off. Let us know what you think.
2: I will kick it off. Um, uh, I buy into the, uh, the the mythos here. I love the writing of the show. And, of course, the action is is what you want to see. You want to go here. You want to go and see over the top um, you know, each each of the superheroes gets their um, individual time on the screen to fight evil, and it it is a it, it's just a wonderful soup for your eyes. It's just it, it's fantastic. I think um, one of the most well done superhero movies that that I think has has been done, um, including the most recent travesty of uh, the Batman series, uh, but. I won't digress there too much. The um, I really appreciate the um, the the level of effort that was put in here by all the actors to um, you know get a paycheck, do their job, and you know there's just some fantastic interplay between all the characters. Um, the supervillain I I like. There's a, there are some criticism out there that he's very anemic, but um, I, I enjoyed him. And, and I think it is it. There's there's some other messages here about um, that you could even talk to your kids about when you're watching it about the importance of teamwork, um, you know, over trying to overcome obstacles, you know, never never giving up. I mean, there's a lot of themes here in this movie that um, are, are, are worth exploring and, and talking about with your kids as opposed to just the eye candy. Uh, and um, I look forward to to the next one because it delivers exactly what I want. Just a fun, action-packed ride uh, with some good riding along the way. So um, I think that this movie is a
1: solid 8. Wow. Mr. Mark, what do you say, sir?
0: I think Jeff nailed a lot of the points. It's a great... I think in the superhero movie genre it's probably in the top five i think it's it's extremely well done and i give a lot of credit to the actors it's always tough to pull an ensemble movie off and give everybody um equal time and some character development and the actors got that and delivered great lines um and it's a credit to josh whedon who was the director um not only visually but with these actors and with the writing, which I think is just spot-on perfect, um, that delivered exactly what everybody wanted in a um, collection of superhero movie and pulled it off well and had a great villain that you loved rooting against who loved chewing scenery. This is perfect summer fair. If you like superhero movies, you'll enjoy this. If you just like adventure movies with great effects and some fun writing and some crisp writing, And good acting. This is a fun movie. Uh, I I really enjoyed taking my son to it. I I echo what Jeff said about there's there's really some good values in this movie and some refreshing old-fashioned values. And I think Captain America, as either Ken or Steve mentioned, um, reflects those. And I don't think they're old-fashioned. I think they're traditional. I, this is a fun movie. I enjoy it. I'm not a huge, i'm again, not a superhero fan, but I do watch the superhero movies because I've got an 11 year old son, and I, by and large, like him. But I especially like this one, so I'm going to give this one a nine.
1: All right, very good, uh, Mr. Ken. What do you say, sir?
0: I did like this a lot, as
3: Jeff and Mark had mentioned. This did a, It's an ensemble cast. They gave everybody a chance to shine. They also gave everybody a chance to bounce off each other and get a lot of well-written, smart interaction. It's real easy today to, you know, put down superhero movies. I mean, they're, again, they're cranking them out. They're sort of a glut on the market, if anything, right now, but a commodity. People like them. I am not a massive fan of superheroes. There's been a number of superhero movies which I, you know, saw and didn't like. But the movies in this series, these recent Marvel movies, have been pretty much well done. They're all solid. And I thought they did a really good job of bringing everybody together. It easily could have fallen apart. Um, when I step back and look at the whole movie, you know, what do I think of it? What number rating do I give to it? I'm going to give it an 8. Yeah, I really like it. Don't love it, but I really like it. And it's certainly something that, if you haven't already seen it, I suspect most of our listeners have seen it because it was a massively successful movie. If you haven't seen it, by all means, grab it sometime. I think you'll like it. If Steve, Mr. You know, I-do-not-watch-superhero-movies, actually has some nice things to say about it, I think you know, even if you're not a big fan of this genre, you might like it too.
1: All right, very nice. Guys, I'm going to follow up with uh, pretty much what you all said. I did enjoy the movie. I am not a superhero fan. I know I've said that numerous times, so I'm going to reiterate all that. I did have a fun time with this movie. I enjoyed the acting. I enjoyed the action. It's one of those things, it's beer and popcorn for me. You know, sit down, watch it, turn the brain off. It's like, okay, it's enjoyable, and you walk away. Will I ever watch any of the others? No. I mean, if we do it for the review for the movie, if people want to uh, hear our thoughts, you know, absolutely. I'll, I'll watch it again, but uh, you know, overall, I'm just not a big fan of this uh, this particular genre, but overall, I thought the acting was good. I thought the directorship was good. Josh Whedon, you know, the guy can do no wrong. Liked all the actors in there. I thought everybody did a really good job, and like Mark said, liked a lot of the underlying tones in this thing. It's not old-fashioned. It's traditional. I mean, there was a lot of Gosh, I'm trying to even find the right words to say. There was a lot of that whole thing where everybody was kind of like going off in their own separate ways. But you had Captain America that kind of brought everybody together. I did like that because you know we're trying to unite the uh, you know the Avengers to you know save the world. I did like that part. Uh, so as far as superhero movies that I have seen, and I've seen some of them. I mean, I've seen a bunch of the Batman, the Spider-Man movies. I'll give it a seven and a half. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, there's some stuff in there that bugged me, but you know what? It's it's worth a view. If you're a superhero fan, you've got to see it. Hell, if you're a superhero fan, you've probably seen this movie. So it's uh, it's a good ride. So that's it. That's my review. All right, folks, that is it for Man Cave Movie Review, Episode 73. Stay tuned for us next week. We're going to be talking about Expendables 2. So until then, check us out our website at mancavemoviereview.com. Also, look for us on iTunes at Man Cave Movie Review and leave us a comment and give us a review if you like the show or didn't like it. Let us know if we're doing something that you don't like. We're also on Facebook at Man Cave Movie Review and follow us on Twitter at Man Cave Movie for upcoming shows. So until then, I am your host, Steve Michaels, signing off with my very good and dear friend, Mark. Drop the hammer, Slover.
0: All right. Good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let, let's take a day. Have you ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it.
1: <laughs> nice. And also saying farewell and adieu is our other very good and dear friend, Jeff. You won't like me when I'm angry. Muncie.
2: Speaking of angry, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard, uh, you know, we uh, the uh, Expendables is um, – uh, three is coming out here soon, and uh, Bruce Willis uh, was going to be in it until he, uh, he he wasn't happy with the $3 million that he was offered for the four days of shooting and demanded four. So uh, as a final cue you from uh, Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> he said, fine, you're out of it, and we're going to bring in Harrison Ford.
1: Well, there you go. So Han Solo is going to be the uh, new CIA agent. Awesome.
2: Right. And, and number three. And um, apparently the villain is supposed to be none other than Mel Gibson. Really? Yeah. Maybe we should uh, do Expendables 2 sometime.
0: Maybe we should. Should.
1: And also saying farewell and adieu and adieu is our other good and dear friend, Ken. What is this motherfucking green dude doing on my motherfucking flying aircraft carrier, Rony? I was talking to a
3: guy when this movie came out last year, and he was a big Marvel fan. And he was just beside himself because you know if you're going to have the Avengers, you have to have Ant Man. Ant Man, the backstory, the history. You got to have Ant Man. And I'm just saying, like, who the hell is Ant Man? And I got. I'm glad they had no Ant Man in this movie.
1: Was What's, Ant-Man. An Ant-Man? The,
3: What's an Ant Man? What's an Ant Man? You don't even an Ant Man.
1: The only thing I remember back. I mean, I have to reach back into my the depth of my childhood, and all I can remember is a superhero was like Mighty Mouse. And well, yeah, I, you even remember Mighty Mouse, Jeff? He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. So beware! Holy shit! How old are you again?
2: I know. I'm I'm a world traveler, my friend.
0: Hey, uh, Jeff, is Ant Man related to Chairface Chippendale? You know when I when I look at
2: Ant Man, <laughs> he reminds me of something <laughs> on the tick.
0: Exactly, Chairface Chippendale. Yes. Uh, yes. Sewer
2: urchin. Sewer urchin. I think deflator mouse. Like- Oh, wait a minute, maybe, no, it's Sewer Urchin. That's what it is.
3: Sewer well, Urchin. That's true. I mean, we're sitting here saying, like, we're not fans of superhero comic superheroes, but, man, back in the day, we were all watching The Tick and enjoying it, and what is it? The Tick's oh, a comic superhero.
0: A, yes, yes. And you can get it on Netflix. You can rent it now. Right. He's
3: I, nigh invulnerable.
0: He is nigh invulnerable. guess. By the way, uh, Ant-Man
2: is coming out in 2015 for Marvel. No, it's not. It, it is. What? <laughs> and <to> God. <laughs> and
1: God. All right. You know what? I'm putting an end to this right now. That is it for Man Cave Movie Review. My God, if you guys ever want to listen to this show again. We'll be back next week. Like I said, we're going to be talking about Expendables. But I am your host, Steve Michael, signing off. Oh, my God. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs>
2: Somebody want to get that, and will we yeah, bother so anybody? Their
0: pizza being delivered.
1: Land shark. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Uh,
1: who is that, anyway? It, it, it,
2: it must be Ken in his date night. Ken, it, it's his late night hookup.
0: Look, he took his he took his headphones off. It's his booty call. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ken, I'm drunk and lonely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you guys are rough
0: you're getting the glare of death from ken pretty soon he's gonna flip you off
1: <laughs> right now it's gonna be it's gonna be an ugly friday and saturday i'm poking the bear now so come well, it's, Friday. It's, it was you guys one are of really my neighbors
3: sick. i could tell but it's like i'm not gonna answer the phone at 11, <laughs> 11 o'clock <This> <laughs> What the uh, f*** is calling me at 11 o'clock for? Do they listen I, to the podcast because
2: the they
0: condi- may hear Okay. My air conditioning's broken. It needs to be fixed.
1: Can you come over and check out my pipes, Ken?
0: <laughs> no. My feet, Ken? My
1: pipes need cleaning, problem. Ken. My hedges need trimming. <laughs>
0: Fuck
1: it.